Welcome back to another episode of Ready Comics Roll, and if you enjoy what you're listening to, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me. I'm John. Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a Mike. I'm the ace in space, Anthony. And joining us today is a very special guest. We have the lead designer of an upcoming sci-fi 5E compatible tabletop game known as Esper Genesis. I am the Knight Rider. I am a fuel-injected suicide machine. I'm the rocker, the roller, the out-of-controller. I'm rich, by the way. And again, we really appreciate having you on. We first heard about Esper Genesis recently when we were at Comic-Con Revolution from Chris. And just the stories that he told about us, the setting, the characters, it really caught our attention. So we really want to have you come on here and not only tell people about Esper Genesis, but also let them know a little bit about yourself. Uh, thank, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, I am uh, Ritz Huskefler. I am the creator and lead designer for Espergenesis. It is the um, uh, science fiction setting and rule system powered by 5th edition D&D. As for myself, uh, I am a you know all-around nerd, grew up with comic books and video games, and I've been uh, you know, playing D&D since, I don't know, back in the, back in the BX days. Uh, so I just kind of decided that I wanted to, to take my favorite role-playing game, take all of my favorite stuff from comic books and TV and, and, uh, and video games and mash them together into something cool and thus became this project, <laughs> as, as it were. It's a project of love. <laughs> yes, yes, it definitely is. It, it's, 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 got all of my, it's got all of my favorite uh, heroic sci-fi tropes in it. And, um, you know, a lot of people are, are, uh, are excited about it. You know, uh, Chris is, uh, Chris Megline. He is one of my friends that, uh, that I actually see out of the, the store that we work out of. And, uh, and, you know, he is really excited about the game. We had brought him on to the, uh, to the development team. And uh, he's been a wonderful help so far. Yeah, so just to kind of play off what you were saying, in regards to growing up and some of the things that you really enjoyed, do you have any specific inspirations that you would say kind of went into Espergenesis? Uh Yeah, yeah. I mean, borrowing from everything, I, I kind of take, you know, my favorite out of a piece of, of all of my, my geekdom. So, you know, Star Wars for sure came out of my, you know, came out of my movie phase. Um, you know, Ghost in the Shell out of, out of manga, Firefly out of TV. Um, ah, fellow brown you know, coat. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, Mass Effect, which is basically the Star Wars of video games, <laughs> and uh, and Fantasy Star, which you know, um, I, I uh, apparently a lot more people have heard of Fantasy Star than I actually expected them to. That's <laughs> uh, probably you know one of my favorite role playing game series as a kid. Uh, I just I just love the whole like heroic epicness of it, and you know I decided to try and take that and and, and incorporate that into the game as well. Yeah, this is definitely one of those games where, just in the description we got, it was very much a nostalgia trip of a game, like, of a setting. Because some of the, the, the races are very reminiscent of things that you would see on Star Trek, Babylon 5, um, Farscape. <laughs> um, and speaking of dating ourselves, um, I started playing D&D back in second advanced edition. So I, I was used to Thacko and all those systems. So for me, I was looking at the, uh, the coming in with the, the five, the five E core rule book and stuff for this setting. And it, it seems like you guys at least knew where you were going from, from the get go for that. 
yeah, I well, I, I, you know, 5e to me is sort of the rebirth of D&D that I used to enjoy playing. Um, we won't get into that long discussion. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it kind of felt like I was playing, like, you know, D&D as, as I remember. It was really easy to get into. And, you know, while I was actually putting Aspergenesis together, I had the benefit of getting hired to write for the Indie Adventurers League and, uh, you know, doing, you know, I'm also uh, doing work with the, the DMs Guild Adepts thing. So, I mean, putting together, you know, as, as I went on, uh, it became a lot easier for me to put together stuff for, for fifth edition, you know, as, as it were, because I'm able to, to pick from all of these different areas. Were, were, were there any other like open game license systems or did you even think about making your own system at some point? Uh, well, so actually, it did kind of start off as its own system. Okay, so, so from, so quick story, as quick as I can make it, uh, was, was, this was uh, a system, it was, it's supposed to be like a sci-fi RPG system, uh, that I was creating using, using the setting that's in Espergenesis now. And, uh, at the same time, while this was just kind of like on the back burner, I was making sci-fi, uh, weapons and armor for D&D 5e, just as a, you know, just to do it. And, you know, while I was doing that, I was like, hey, you know, these, you know, these weapons need, like, you know, uh, you know, background stuff to go with it. And, you know, I wrote that in and then and it just started writing more and more stuff. And I started borrowing from, you know, from the setting that I was, that I was putting together until, you know, somebody looked at it and was like, hey, this is really cool. Why don't you just make a setting out of it? And I said, okay. <laughs> And, uh, that's that's kind of where it came from. It, it was just kind of a you know a side hobby that turned into my main one. Yeah, and I guess too, looking at it, when it comes to a lot of tabletop systems, Five E, I agree with you, is definitely a rebirth of Dungeons and Dragons. It has something for the old school players, but also makes it accessible for a lot of people that really want to get into it. So I think your choice of making Espergenesis 5e compatible was definitely a great one for that purpose. So that anybody can really kind of jump into it and have fun with it and appreciate not only the setting and story, but also the gameplay that they can work with. Absolutely. I think um, realistically, too, you look at uh, a lot of other people who play tabletop games all the time realistically we look at you and you're kind of living the dream you know you're you're creating this huge story and this huge world can uh making it in junction with the 5e edition i you know everyone tries to choose a system in which they can really run something from uh you know on this side of the table we've had you know multiple generations of when we started D D or when we started tabletop gamings and it even myself, I, I went in and I've ran campaigns off some weird systems like BESM. So when you finally find a system that is not just compatible with your story or that you can make it with, but something that you really want to hone in and get something familiar and fun and that works all the way around. Everybody can get into it. Everyone can get into it. Yeah. Um, and and kind of on the on the setting topic, I, I, I wanted to bring up, I don't know if you ever heard of this. There was a company called Mindstorm Labs. Um, I, I think they were re- relatively short-lived. They came out with a game called Alpha Omega, which is kind of a sci-fi trope. It's more, it's more like um, post-apocalyptic zombies, uh, Planet full of radiation. Very um, uh, what's the name of that game? Uh, Fallout. Fallout. There Fallout. we go. Thank there you. you. Go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know about Alpha Omega. I actually have uh, I have a signed copy of the hardcover. 
As do I. As do I. <laughs> <laughs> how many how many game systems have you really gotten yourself into over the years? Oh, wow. <laughs> if, if we have to put this in, you know, a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> I don't think we have enough time. <laughs> Just from the sound of it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right there it tells I'm, you, hey. I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of old, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, let's see. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't even – it would take me too long to kind of think about it. But, I mean, I, I'd say – you know, at least, at least fifteen to twenty that like you know that I've that I've really, you know, gotten into. Um, I mean, the ones that I've played the most have been D and D, obviously, and Shadowrun. Ah, uh, good and, one. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and Darkness. You know, um, but like you know, yeah, I've 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 i played through you know the the Fantasy of Flight Star Wars and. And the age system, and Alpha Omega, and I mean World of Cinnabar. I mean, like I don't know if you remember that. Uh, Gary Gygax's Dangerous Journeys. I mean, like I can, I can come up with a ton of different, you know, games that I jumped into. Uh, you know, Cyberpunk, Vecton, uh, Big Eyes. Um, Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I see. That's what I'm saying. It just opens up the you know the the Pandora's, the Pandora's box. box of uh, yeah, yeah, what yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. creative crap you can kind of get into. <laughs> and I think you kind of touched on this question a little bit, but in regards to creating Espergenesis, oh, you went with Five E. Did you ever look at Fifth Edition or even Three Point Five at all? Uh not really. Um, I, I I I did I did take a I did take a glance at BRP for a little bit, but uh, yeah, I three point five. Um, I I have uh, you know I I I want to I want to keep you know I I kind of want to you know keep everybody friends. I have a love hate. <laughs> you you're I, me. Uh, oh my god, I'm the I'm the person <laughs> at the table that always could not stand three point five or Pathfinder. I had so many arguments with so many people over like why I did not like those two systems. I think you actually had an argument with Anthony about oh, yeah, that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think wasn't that on the Mike is wrong episode? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, I had um, you know, well, I, I'm I'm leaving I'm leaving Pathfinder. Leaving Pathfinder. Um, okay. I was, I, was, I was never I was never a Pathfinder fan. Uh, only uh, you know, won't get into it. But. <laughs> But yeah, three point five. I played for a while. I enjoyed it, you know. But it just, it just didn't, you know, it, it didn't resonate with me uh, as much as you know. I just went right back to two E, you know, when as far as D and D was concerned. Now, like I mean, three point five had some great games. Uh, you know, Mutants Masterminds is amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I I love the three point five Star Wars and like you know, so you know, it, it, it you know the D twenty system generated some fantastic games. It just you know, uh, as far as D and D for me. It, it kind of you know stayed where it was until until Five E really came out, and that's that's just that is just my own personal feeling. You know, I have I have nothing I have nothing against the game. It, it uh, you know everyone it, everyone plays it's it. Everyone the, it's it. the swords and sorcery. It's that it's that like awkward cousin that D and D has. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was actually going to say if you really want to think about it, especially because due to the fandoms, it's almost a debate, just like Marvel versus DC. Eh, no, it's more like the Swords and Sorcery thing. It's more like that, like, 
it's the less attractive cousin or something of D and D. Like the D and D books were always like very, very pretty, very concise. Everything was always you know tables and organization. And then if you looked at the sword and sorcery book, it was just this weird convoluted mess until they started following the D and D outline. It, yeah. And I just have to piggyback off this. Speaking of pretty, I mean we we got the chance when we were actually at. Um, Comic Con Revolution to, you know, get to see one of your books, uh, firsthand and some of the artwork that was put into it. And I think I can speak for everyone on this side. Like you guys went way above and beyond when you guys put in some of that artwork in the, in your books that it just looks, you know, immaculate. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, we, we went, um, well, um, yeah, we went full tilt on this one. Uh, when 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 I had first started putting together the the uh, the book and the rules and everything, you know, it was more um, it was more focused on on just kind of converting five E into something sci fi ish. And then um, I was kind of I was actually in the car, you know, side story. I was I was in the car driving back from Miami, and like Ken Height was in my back seat, <laughs> looking over the the draft that I had first. Uh, uh, brought up and he he said he said look he said I got only one recommendation for you out of this and he said you know he said the setting you know the setting is is uh, being underused like you know he's like it's a fantastic setting the you know the definitions are really cool you just need to take this and dial it up to eleven and make that the game no absolutely and um, when actually coming up with Espergenesis you kind of touched on this but I guess we want to get a little bit more details. Did you initially set out to make a setting or a story? Essentially, what came first for you, the sci-fi world, or did you have come up with some kind of story that came first? Uh, they kind of uh, well, kind of, yeah. Like I said, they kind of developed at the same time. One one was just sort of like sci-fi rules, and the other one was the story that they that was not meant to 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 meld into it, and uh, and it just kind of you know it, it eventually turned out that you know they they fit together really well. Uh, but the, you know, the, the goal that we decided to do was like, okay, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to take these sci-fi rules. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, build this universe around it. You know, the, the, the story I had was pretty basic and I really wanted to dial it up or not. So I built this whole universe around it. But at the same time, you know, I said, I said, the one rule that we have to follow is that we cannot, I don't know how to phrase this. We can't take it, take 5e out of, out of the game. Like what makes 5e cool? The way that like everyone you know the way everyone understands it and wants to play it and how all the rules are like you know fast and easy and incorporates everything into itself you know I, I, that was my one rule was that we can't take that away by implanting sci-fi stuff into it so you know the, we want to make everything fully 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 compatible with even just the player's handbook if somebody whipped that, whipped it up and wanted to throw their you know, uh, dragonborn sorcerer in there, they can do it. Um, actually, you know, that's a great point. And that, that's something that a lot of people can appreciate, uh, to be able to stay really true to your, your core system and make sure that you're developing this world around it. And just as like a, um, you know, another great example of that, which is a great model is it, I'm not sure if you've had the chance uh, with your busy schedule to get into Dragon Ball Fighters. 
Um, and that game, I mean, everyone loves the Dragon Ball series. And when they came in to developing that game, they, they came at it with the same method. That it is a fighting game first and that they build this story and this, this universe kind of around it. Now it's encumbering the Dragon Ball universe, but it's, it's a lot of that same philosophy and it's refreshing to kind of see people wanting to stay true to a core system. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I can't, I can't say I've seen it. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure all you guys would agree with me is, you know, that in the end, you know, it's still, it's still the game. Nothing really works without the game regardless of how cool the story is. Talking about, talking about all the old systems that you've asked me that, that I've been into <laughs> have been some perfect examples of that. Now, now on that, do you, do you actually have any plans or thoughts for the future of taking the story and the setting into other mediums? Uh, we have had some discussions. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, really make anything say anything concrete uh but yeah the 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 story the story was never meant to be just you know just a role playing game you know um we want we wanted to bring it out as as the rpg see how it turns out and then you know maybe get some uh you know some some traction story wise out of it you know in 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 the core in the core manual we have some uh we have some short stories that we threw in there to allude to like, you know, the, the meta plot of the setting. So, you know, there's, there's a lot more going on in the background and we're just trying to figure out how we're going to bring that to, to people. Well, you know what, Rich, I, I think that's a, a, a great thing since we're, we're kind of talking about the story and kind of like the possibilities of what the system is. Now, if you wouldn't mind, can you actually give us a little bit of insight into the story and the world of Esper Genesis? Uh, absolutely. Uh, well, it's it's set in our in our galaxy. As far as you know, as far as we're concerned, uh, Earth, you know, right now, there's uh, you know billions of stars out there that we have no idea what's what. But in in this in you know in this game, uh, you have a, a, a multitude of spacefaring races that are all uh, part of. Well, they're they're not they're not all, uh, but they they do all deal with each other. Uh, there are artifacts in space that uh, have been named the crucibles. Uh, these are, I, I guess, I, I guess the, the easiest way to describe them without, without getting long-winded is, uh, is they're, they're planet-sized structures. Uh, they're made of a material that is, you know, uh, as of yet unidentifiable. Uh, within them, within their core, is a material uh, that is uh, self-sustaining and it, 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 it reproduces itself. And... Uh, what all of what these spacefaring races have been doing, the crucibles have been awakening, you know, in, in a sense where where it's almost like machines turning on in in all these different parts of the galaxies. And these spacefaring races, they have learned to harness the material out of these crucibles, and they use it for everything in in everyday life to to power their you know power their cities, to power vehicles, to power weapons, and and such. And this has been happening over the course of you know, a, a thousand years almost, or a little over that, uh, in our in our time. Uh, over uh, the first couple of generations, however, there have been several people or, or humanoids out of out of uh, various of the species, and they have been uh, they started exhibiting uh, strange abilities like control over gravity, control over light. Uh, some of them were able to just sort of draw uh, energy out from the air and convert it into other forms of energy. And at first, it was just you know 
kind of a, a, a strange phenomenon. And they discovered that people were actually attuning to the power that came out of the crucibles. And these people were the first espers. And uh, over time, you know, they, they started discovering that, you know, the, the energy out of the crucible is literally the ability to shape and warp reality. Yeah, and I think that's actually really cool because we, we did a lot of research into this because, again, we're really interested in uh, running a future campaign. There's uh, Just like Sorium, the element that comes from the Crucible, the game system is very malleable, and it can be used to – I was actually thinking about running a Firefly campaign from it as we, we spoke about before. And even we we're talking about influences. I mean for people who play Destiny, the Crucibles are very uh, – they're kind of similar to the Traveler in the way they actually interface with the Espers and granting them the power. And I think it's really cool how you came up with this element, the fact that it's harvested and used to power just about everything, big or small, from even the largest starship to the smallest everyday, even like a uh, media player. And the fact that the, 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 it's chemical compound just constantly is shifting and can be identified as almost any element. And even just how some only some people, it seems, are actually able to go through the process successfully of espergenesis, kind of creating this new kind of person, in a sense, that's able to interface either changing them like physically or even psychologically or even just interfacing using implants, almost like the L2 biotic implants from like Mass Effect. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's, that's, uh, that's, I wasn't sure how deep you wanted me to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we, we, I guess we kind of want to leave it open to kind of people's interpretations and so they can draw the connections themselves. But I mean, that, that's one of the, that's one of the great things about the sci-fi setting is that you do have a lot of these, the, these, kind of easy to draw connections but they're still very elaborate and very much fleshed out in their own light um ash and forge being these uh amalgamations that have their own free will and with with there being no dwarf race really in the in the in the game right now it's it's where i'm leaning <laughs> I, i'm a big dwarf player oh, okay so I, I i did i did want to escape the you know, the, I really wanted to escape the space dwarf, space elf kind of thing. You know, I, I, I just kind of wanted to get away from that because that's just that's just too easy. Well, um, I, 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 I have <laughs> to admit, I have been I have been cursing the Eldori from reading through them because I'm just like, damn it, space elves. <laughs> yeah, they're they're I guess they're kind of elfy in the sense that they're they're uh, down to their you know to their homeworld. Uh, in a sense, yeah, you know, I, I, I suppose you could, yeah, you could make a connection like that. <laughs> <laughs> what what, uh, what we wanted to do uh, is we wanted, you know, I, I wanted to make every single race and and uh, and character class. I, I, in addition to just having a personality, like the personality that you pick, you know, when you're creating your character, uh, I also wanted the 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 origin of 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 the race and and how it fits in with everything. To have its own backstory, so so yes, you know every every single different race when you know when that when someone from that culture achieves aspergenesis, like yeah, they could be like a it's a complete change in the aspects of their lives and their personality and you know and in every single thing that they do. And one of the reasons why is because you know if you if you open up D and D, you know uh, fantasy fantasy has a backstory. Yeah, you know, it, it's it, no matter what, you know, elves have a backstory, dwarves have a backstory. You kind of know what it is, no matter what fantasy book that you open. This universe doesn't, and it, you know, kind of needs to, you know, I, I wanted to define everything's place 
in, you know, in the universe, including humans. And that's a massive undertaking. So kudos to you for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, when you create a huge world, you look at, you know, great writers of our time in what they've done, like Tolkien, um, J.R.R. Martin, with how big your scope is and the fact that you're also leaving it open enough to where people can still kind of create their own stuff with having that feel of their substance in history to a race. Um, it's a huge undertaking. Um, and that, that kind of leads me into what I wanted to ask next, which is, um, you know, if you wouldn't mind, give us uh, a little bit of, I want to say insight or what kind of creative process were came about when you were developing these worlds and races like what what did you and your team um come together uh to how you kind of did this um i would say that um some some were easier than others <laughs> i guess would be um i i sort of took examples from i borrowed really uh, a lot of a lot of different little sci-fi tropes from you know just just kind of the game itself from from all from a lot of things that I like and I wanted to hammer them together with different I've been I've been role playing for a while so I you know there, there's there's so many different characters that I've played that I've run for that I've read in like you know in in like Raymond E. Feist and, and Tolkien and Weiss and Hickman books and and uh, you know I I, I kind of I kind of got a sense for what I wanted for the world and, you know, where I would just pick from to sort of put that together. Uh, you know, the Ashen Forge being a perfect example of, of you know, there's, there's, that, there's that, that interesting story about what makes, you know, a, 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 an intelligent race and what gives them the right to live. And, you know, there's, there's been a, you know, there's a lot of sci-fi stories that fall back on that. And I wanted to, I wanted to add that concept. When, when we were, when we were in our, <clears throat> our pre-meeting, I had kind of drawn the connection from the Ashen Forge to um, Shale from uh, Dragon Age. Yeah. Or <laughs> even um, the Geth from Mass Effect. Yeah. Yep, yep, you could you could take both of those. I, I don't know why. I think um and it may just be a stretch, but I went as far back as saying um Frankenstein's monster. Mm. Just because if you look at some of the description of the Ashenford himself kind of being these artificially created beings who, you know, are are have still parts, you know, living organism parts in them. They're from dead creatures, they're kind of redeveloping their their self uh, to me was very reminiscent of, you know, Frankenstein's monster. Yep. Yeah. That is, uh, that's a, that's a, an excellent comparison. That's, that's what I didn't even think of. <laughs> See, but that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing about, you know, developing some of these systems and being able to, uh, you know, draw from one inspiration to develop something and then someone else kind of seeing a, another, uh, side of it to kind of draw them to that race, that creation, that character for for the you know the campaign. Well, the 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 other the other trick was uh, was in addition to to make them all interesting and involved enough to where you know the the you know how you like a, a lot of sci fi stories where humans are the main character. I wanted to avoid that too, where you know humans are just one of these primary races that that fit into this universe. I know humans are just so vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> that's of course that's that's the jab at me. Well the funny thing is looking at, looking at the system, looking at what we have so far, 
we kind of wanted to come up with some of our own characters. So we have in the process going into this. Like that's why they kind of made that jab just there because I'm still on the fence on whether I wanted to create a human or a Promethean. Because at least as far Which as he's like human plus, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Prometheans being more human than human, the uh, the the ascended form of humanity. Yes, uh, but the reason being is I, I appreciate the fact that you did uh, make humans kind of the underdogs of of this story. They are not uh, the the pinnacle, like you pointed out in a lot of sci-fi. And also, kind of reminding me of how they were in Mass Effect, where they couldn't even make it onto the the council. So I appreciate that you did that, but. <laughs> The idea I came up with, at least for my character, is a human engineer tinker. Something like, I guess the way, best way to describe how this character would be would be like Isaac from Dead Space. That's the way I'm kind of going to try and build him for our first game. Okay. Character. Yeah, that's that's cool, actually. <laughs> um, you you might want to... Uh, oh, that's right. You're, you're working out of the basic world, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, there, there's there's a... Um, I Yeah, a human engineer tinker would fit Isaac uh, a little more, I, unless you get into, uh, let's see, like Mass Effect, uh, no Mass Effect, uh, I'm sorry, Dead Space uh, 2 and 3, where he's more like a heavy arms engineer. Yeah, that's that's also <laughs> what I was looking at. You know what, I might even just go ahead and uh, multi-class, and do a little bit of Tinker, and then do uh, the heavy weapons. But then, uh, even from then, like, John came up with his own character, too. Yeah, now, I don't know why, and I think it was just some of the the nature and description of what you had for the Eldari, but I kind of was going with a solar or lunar Eldari who is a dream uh, shaper adept. Okay. And the reason why I kind of went with that isn't necessarily from a specific... um, concept of a character or anything like that just more of a a type of role that i actually like to play within certain campaigns and settings um where a lot of my other friends will like to do uh combative type of uh players i i felt like that mixture would be um kind of a good character to have in a political front uh someone to play like a slow role and manipulation route oh yeah he's a sith uh, <laughs> if you can't tell, if you can't tell, a, a Sidious man, I'm a Sithist. <laughs> and here I was trying to do my best to to like draw up the drop the adept and and not make Jedi. Right, right, right. <laughs> hey, I think there was a lot of really cool um, aspects within um, how you've kind of split up adept. To where you can have something that is, okay, very space wizardy, but then <laughs> something that still has the power of manipulation and, and stuff like that. And if you do it right, it, it just, it can all be flavored to something really unique. And, and I've been leaning heavily on the Ashen Forge. Um, I was actually thinking about doing a stalker because, I, I have always been more on the the rogue front when it comes to things, and especially playing like the build that doesn't really fit the rogue archetype. Like I've always been like, oh, I'll play a dwarf rogue or a half orc rogue. So now I'll just play an ashen forward rogue. Yeah, <laughs> keeping keeping with the rogues that shouldn't be. Yeah, um, and, the, and the thing is, is I, I'm always one of those people. I I like to be useful. In, in games, like, to where I could, you know, I could open the door. Oh, you mean <laughs> use stone shape? 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you weren't even in that campaign. <laughs> I wasn't, but that story is still hilarious. Le- it, yeah, sorry. Another inside joke where Mike just um, misjudged his levels. <laughs> he thought yeah. he had an ability, he didn't. Yeah. Sorry, you're not the first to do yeah. this. No, exactly. Hey, there's just so much information, and Mike normally gets things wrong, so it's okay. <laughs> it's kind of acceptable at this point in time. But, um,. While while we're kind of talking about characters and their designs and stuff like that, while you were working, um, you know, even you're still in the works with everything. Um, while working with everything, what race or even class did you have the most fun uh, with or with developing? And and also, on top of that, we're going to put you on the spot. If you were to roll a character with us right now, we were to just jump in and play. What would you create? <laughs> Uh, okay, so I'll start with the first question. Um, the race that I had the most fun creating was, uh, that's, that's tough, actually. I, I'm, I'm going to put that as a toss between the Ashen Force and the Kesh. And, uh, actually, no, I, I've got three, because the Monokai is kind of a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to pick between your babies, we know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, you know... It's it's uh, you know I, I like the concept of the Ashen Forge. Uh, I like the you know I like the caches like you know the lost people in space right. you know sort of thing and I you know and the Madakai are samurai lizards like I can't you know, <laughs> how can you go wrong with samurai lizards <laughs> that yeah dude <laughs> samurai lizards uh, uh, if I were to roll up a character see that that's, I don't know that's that's kind of that's kind of unfair don't you think uh, <laughs> that's true I guess you would need to kind of know the setting before jumping into it but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have no idea I don't know what that guy wrote he's crazy yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I guess I would. I, it, it would. It would definitely be a toss-up. Um, you're probably going to be surprised at one of my choices. Uh, I would either make a uh, probably a Monokai Sentinel. Oh, would, would be uh, would be probably one of one of my picks or a human engineer. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. <laughs> I'm not alone. But I, I would. I would make. I would make a, a human engineer. Um, with the, uh, the the sports variants, the, the 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 like you know the hardened human that comes from like the you know the the wastelands left on 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 the earth on Earth's surface. Right. Yeah, I was looking at that, but I kind of decided to go with utopian. I don't know, maybe for the uh, character creation more than the story. I usually focus more on story, but I also like to make sure I have a character that doesn't die, <laughs> especially when I play with certain GMs yeah. that I know are just going to try their best. Yeah, I I, uh, I do have I do have actually you know some NPCs. I don't know if um, I guess it's it's not going to be prevalent in in the uh, previews that I handed out, but they start showing up. Like there are actually created NPCs, very much like the Pathfinder icons uh, that 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 will show up throughout the Espergenesis setting. Some of them are actually in the in the preview adventure, and you know so so I, I guess you could kind of look at those and be like, oh the kind of characters that, you know, Rich would probably make to play. <laughs> um, but uh, I also wanted to make sure that they, they you know, that they are characters to serve as samples for the players and not, you know, uh, main characters for the story because, you know, in the end, it's, it's really about the players. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like you really kind of, when it comes to the play system, you, you took 5e and you just really ran with it. And seem to have thought of a lot of it, and even in regards to just combat. 
Like I was looking over some of the stuff where you got space co- combat built into there. So again, for people that want to do the whole spacefaring, dog fights, and all that other good stuff, I'm a fan of. Yeah, <laughs> you actually have the uh, opportunity to do so. But you even covered um, zero G combat, which I thought was very interesting. And I could just imagine like how crazy those can probably even be, especially if you don't have the the grab boots kind of tethering you to a location. Yeah, uh, Dead Space was probably one of the inspirations for those roles. So this is my chaotic side asking this, and I, I have to because I, I when it comes to space and it comes to uh, any kind of role-playing setting, I always have to wonder, when do the Lovecraftian horror start showing up in this? <laughs> Um, <laughs> start showing up? <laughs> <laughs> you mean you don't know the deep secrets of some of these right now? <laughs> Talking about. Uh, so, um, they they start showing up almost kind of immediately, to be honest. Um, you, you, so our um, our our core manual cover, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably the only cover we haven't shown yet, because. Um, you know, all the colors are still working in. It's it's he's being drawn by a uh, extremely talented guy, uh, Charles Urbach, and it uh, it shows uh, like a like a layer that is very very um, Thulu Geigery, you know, in, in in a sense. It's like the it's like the, the the pinnacle piece of the game with some of the characters trying to sneak into this place, and in the center there's. Uh, there's there's a a I guess we can call it uh, sort of one of the one of the heads of the shadow technocracy uh, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's almost worshipped by 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 Arminian. It's it's um, you'll you'll look at it and go oh okay well yeah <laughs> that stuff's already there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've been a huge fan of Shadowrun and and mind hacking. So, <laughs> yeah, you definitely got his uh, his vote of confidence for yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> and just to kind of touch on the, what you mentioned, this is still a work in progress. It started out with an original goal goal of eight thousand dollars, but it's currently sitting at twenty four thousand dollars, and it still has two stretch goals remaining. Uh, we we are we are actually we actually have been on backerkit uh, throughout throughout development. Um, and uh, we we only recently just started. Um, uh, we we just uh, turned off pre-orders uh, for the game. We we when we ran the Kickstarter, uh, we we promised that uh, as the as the backer kit went on, uh, if we had raised enough money to surpass the stretch goals that were in the Kickstarter, then we would honor those stretch goals. So. Actually, we actually reached all of the stretch goals already. We 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 earned another uh, almost fifteen thousand. Oh, nice! Uh, so so you know we're 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 uh, we're working on on getting everything out to everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> an amazing feat. <laughs> yeah, we we uh, we got we got really excited about, it. and um, you know at the at the very end of the Kickstarter, we were trying to figure out whether or not these were these were. Our goal is to make you know three hardcover books to to match the three hardcover core books for D and D. So you know that that was that was kind of the first thing that we were that we were pushing out. It is a work in progress, however. Uh, you know we we had a we had a couple of uh, we had a couple of, of hiccups as, as far as, uh, as as far as design and files and art. 
but the corner manual PDF should be ready to go within the next couple of weeks. Oh, wow. See, that's actually something I was going to ask was, um, you know, first off, how long has this been in production? And then also, you know, your estimated time of completion. A few weeks, that's that's something else. Yeah, we we were we were able to crank out the, the basic rules because we, we have we had everything, you know, pretty much all almost all you know, put together as far as as far as rules were concerned for the courses. Uh and we decided to share a lot of that for free in the uh, in the basic rules that we had that we had released on uh, on RPG now. Um, and with that, we, we took we took all of the art that we had and, and you know everything. And we you know we, we put it together, and it turned out into like this big hundred and sixty page thing. We we're like, wow! And we have twice as much of this right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, to put together. So um, as you said, you know we, we decided to, to to go all out with you know with the art and the setting and the setup. And you know Brian is doing a, a phenomenal job. Uh, with the layout, and we wanted to make it uh, like like as high quality as possible, to where like you know anybody could open up the book, you know, especially our, our Kickstarter backers who had like you know they they had stuck with us from the very beginning, and you know they were really excited about the game, and we want them we want to give them something that wows the crap out of them, you know, and that's 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 kind of what we're going for. We figured that uh, you know the time spent on getting everything together. And putting everything together the right way to, to deliver like a you know a fantastic product is, is uh, you know worth the wait. And I mean, even recently, uh, we heard that you guys went to the Gamma Trade Show, which I mean is a pretty big deal for tabletop creators. Yeah, uh, we we were there uh, with our um, our distributor uh, studio uh, Studio Two, who actually works with a whole bunch of the other uh, major distributors, uh, and we. We spoke to a lot of a lot of developers and retailers there. Uh, I actually go. I you know this this wasn't my first game at trade show. I, I I've been there a couple of years before that, but obviously not as a you know as a publisher. So uh, Brian is actually a, a a store owner. He's he's a retailer. So you know so he you know he ends up going there uh, all the time. As far as as far as Gamma turned out. It was great because we also uh, wanted to make our, our, our original Kickstarter was retailer friendly. Uh, we wanted to make sure that like retailers are also like you know excited about about the product and getting into the stores and that like you know they themselves since you know they're really kind of the I, I, I guess the, the I'm, I'm, I'm lost the, the heart and soul I would <laughs> yeah, say yeah 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 kind of yeah kind of like the heart and your your friendly local game store is like where you go to get games. And we want to make sure that like you know it, it stays that way, which is why we you know we, we definitely wanted to come out with hardcover books that can you know that can be on the shelves next to everything else, and that the retailers would have you know the retailers that actually uh, had stuck with us and backed us from the beginning would have the opportunity to get in and you know look at stuff and sell it. And get it out to players before anybody else. Yeah, and even then, sure, digital is great and all, but it's sometimes really hard to beat the feeling of holding that hardcover book in your hand, those new page smell, and just even <laughs> flipping through all of it. Yeah, I, I mean, it is. It, there is. I know we kind of laugh about, it, but there's definitely something true about that. It, it, to me, creating a character just through a digital copy just doesn't feel the same sometimes. Oh, no. uh, then having the book in your hand and, you know, just trying to thumb through and even mark some of the pages just to make sure, hey, where are my spell lists? So mm -hmm. I have a quick reference, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, they, they they say that PDFs are easier to go through. I don't find that at all. I like flipping books and actually. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When we can. Who says it's easier when you could literally just put a sticky note and say, hey, this is the page I need to go to? <laughs> we were talking about all the different types of, uh, of sci-fi, uh, where, everything, where everything came from, and I, I sort of got into this whole thing about D&D 5e compatibility uh, and things like that. And what, you know, what, I, what I actually you know, kind of forgot to throw in about the game uh, was another thing that we, that we had you know, picked up. So, so the, setting, the setting is the setting. Uh, kind of like the base setting sort of for, for Estrogenesis. So when you go through the core manual and stuff, you'll see, you know, all the classes, all the races, they all kind of fit into this uh, galaxy, you know, that we have put together. However, um, where fantasy sort of has a base for everything, sci-fi does not. You know, sci-fi goes to so many different places that almost have nothing to do with each other. So uh, what we decided to do and what we're going to do further on uh, in the, um, the Master Technicians uh, Guide, um, we wanted to put ideas out there for playing different types of sci-fi genres using Espergenesis as a base. So if you want to make a Firefly game, you can do that. If you want to make a you know, giant mecha anime robot game, you, know, you can do that. Uh, you know that's <laughs> that's, that's sort of, <laughs> that sort of thing. You know, if, you know, if you want to do sword and blaster, or, you know, or anything, we we, we want to we want to make it so that it's universally heroic sci-fi. You can take your favorite heroic sci-fi stuff, your favorite video game, or whatever, and and we'll do our best to give you a way of creating something like that that you can play. You know, obviously things that that are way way out there. We, you know, we'll come out with separate supplements for, but, uh, but yeah, that's 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 another one of our. That was almost exactly what I was going to ask. I was going to ask about future supplements and I, I like ideas to kind of, kind of meld more sci-fi genres into the the sci-fi genre you already have. Yes, uh, we are also doing organized play. Um, so uh, during Origins this year, well, we 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 actually started it last year, sort of under the under the radar, but. Uh, at Origins is going to be our first, like, actual official organized play called the Crucible. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, for, for, you know, for people that are coming in, it's going to be, you know, very much like, um, very much like a, a combination of Adventures League and, like, uh, the, you know, the way like, I don't know if you if you guys heard of Arcanus, you know, the way they run their their soft point adventures. Sim- uh, so, similar to like the Camarilla. Since we mentioned uh, World of Darkness earlier, you you briefly have yeah, I guess a little bit like that, but it's, it it is going to be more more adventure focused, more adventures league like with certs and you know and, and things like yeah. that for uh, characters. There is also a uh, a type in Espergenesis Twitch and <laughs> and it'll come up. They they ran their second session uh, about a week ago and uh, it's going really great. It's actually kind of really cool to sit there and see something that I made sort of being run like that. It's, uh, well, prepare for a lot more of that because, I mean, the way things are looking, we're probably going to see a lot of other people doing actual plays. Uh, I know we are planning, uh, we're trying to plan a lot of different things, but I would like for us <laughs> to at least do a one-shot, too, of Esper Genesis, so you can look forward to seeing that as well. Yeah, that would be very cool. On the on the topic of the um, the Adventures League, I was going to ask, it, it was, it were, do you have any plans on doing like a Persistent World, like a uh, writing... Um, side supplements to kind of follow a uh, an overarching storyline. 
Yes, that's that's what the organized play is. That's what the crucible card is. Yeah, once once uh once we have once we run the the official versions, we'll be releasing those on uh you know for 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 download also you know for official play until we actually come out with the first uh like real adventure series uh or adventure season I should I, I should say so yeah there there there's going to be that and the the other way we want to do it is we we sort of uh, we want to put together a a reporting system not as elaborate as, as some of the reporting systems but we want to know how a lot of the adventures went and some of the major decisions that uh, that players made uh, during those because uh, we, we want to put together the adventures to where, like I said, there's a big meta plot. So we want to put the adventures to where the decisions that are made overall have a bit of an effect on the universe and how it goes forward. I think that's cool when you can take this data that you've kind of collected from, you know, games and in it shows how much care you're taking for the, the player decision and carry on a story because they made this happen. Yeah. That's, that's the best part about being a player. Yeah. And I think that's going to go ahead and roll us out for this episode. Uh, we want to thank you again, Rich, for joining us. And definitely go ahead and let the people know where they can find out more about Esper Genesis as well as uh, just following you as well. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you can find out uh, about Espergenesis on Espergenesis.com. Uh, we have, um, you know, uh, we, we do list events up there. When we're going to cons, we'll be listing them up there. You can also join the mailing list uh, at the bottom of the page, and, and we'll, we'll send you uh, updates on not only that, but other products that uh, that we have uh, going on from Alligator Alley Entertainment. Uh, there is also the Espergenesis Facebook group, which uh, you can actually find a lot of in-depth information there because a lot of the backers are in there, and a lot of the, you know, um, you know we, we communicate back and forth with them all the time. So if you have any questions about that, just jump on in. Uh, I myself can be found on Twitter. My handle is at Skydawn1, S-K-Y-D-A-W-N. And I'm more than happy to to answer, you know, any questions anyone might have. Totally appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, This has been been a whole lot of fun. You know, uh, uh, you guys guys are really cool. And uh, very much hope to to speak with you guys again and, and bring more of what we got. Yeah, and again, thanks for joining us. Uh, and this definitely won't be the last time we hear from one another. And who knows, maybe in the future we might even be playing games together. Oh, yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And also ding that bell to remain notified of future videos. Let us know what you think of Esper Genesis. What are some of the classes and races you might be interested in creating as far as your own character? Let us know down in the comments below. Don't forget, we're not just on YouTube anymore. You can also find us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and any of the other social medias listed in the description below. Head on over to the Ready Comics Roll Discord channel so you can speak with the crew and other rollers about Esper Genesis. Tell us about what you think of the game and what you might like to play. And if you want more info on Esper Genesis, check out the description down below. Don't forget to follow us on Twitch where we will have random live streams throughout the week. And if you'd like to see us grow, don't forget we have a Patreon. Hop on over and become a patron today.